Hello, and welcome to a special episode of Jay Flaunce's Ignorance, the podcast. In this episode, you'll hear my grandfather, Earl C. Humphrey, recount some of his experiences during World War II and stories from home in southeast Iowa. This episode is labeled Earl 8. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes labeled Earl 3 and Earl 4, I recommend you go back and start with those. His war stories begin with the sinking of the USS Houston, CA-30. In 1980, my grandfather had a stroke which affected his speech. His speech mostly recovered, but you'll hear some slurring in these recordings. In 1982, my father Jim Hanna sat down with him and recorded 11 audio tapes capturing his oral history. This is one of those tapes. This tape is labeled Earl 8. Earl recounts some prisoner of war stories and stories from the homestead in southeast Iowa. I hope you enjoy hearing my grandfather tell his story in his own words. If you like this episode, there are more I can post. Let me know on twitter.com slash jflaunts. Thank you. So, here it is. My father, interviewing my grandfather in 1982. The uh, all-time favorite grandpa war stories. So, uh, why don't you tell us the stop-oo, stop-oo war story. Bradley always says, oh, not again. (laughs) Where, where did that happen anyway? That happened in Burma, and we was clear up the, to the middle of the mountain range, clear up in the pass. Mm-hmm. We'd finished that particular section of railroad, and we had the little railroad cars that we rolled on the rails and hauled the broken rock down and bed cross ties in it, the ballast on the railroad. Mm-hmm. And we uh, had finished this particular section of railroad, and we had to return these cars back down to the storage yard where they kept them parked. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> these cars were made so they had the bed set on axles, solid axles. The wheels and the axles was one unit, and then the the uh, bed just sat down over the axle, and um, could be taken off just in an instant. And the sides on the bed itself, with what that held the rock, it was loose too. So when you rolled the, the car down the rail, the, the here's where you want some rock. You just lift up on the bed, mm-hmm. and the rocks would fall out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we got this section of the railroad finished, and we was going to take uh, the cars back down to the yard where they parked them, and I got detailed. I didn't volunteer for it, but I got detailed to be one of the members that took the cars. This one man, and there was no brakes, no brakes on the cars. You had to cut you a bamboo pole, and then you stuck a pole down between the bed uh, the car and the, the wheel and when you pull back on the, the pole the wheel would rub on the pole and that's your brake <laughs> and we started it out and of course uh, as usual you always get a bunch of guys that, that's nuts <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was um, we had them too a old uh, fellow named Rudy who was in the car behind me, mine it wasn't up together, and things just free of one another. 
He said, "Let them roll. Don't don't break them." Said, "Let them roll." We want don't want to have to push these things. He said, "Let them roll free." And uh, so we got to going, and the farther we went down the mountain, the faster we were going. And I finally got desperate, and I decided to break it. I just got in the pool and stuck down on the bed and reared back up, and I had a guard with me. Another bad <laughs> move. I had a jab guard with me, and uh, he he was getting very nervous about this speed. <laughs> and I rocked back on the pole, and the smoke just rolled. And the end of the pole cut fire <laughs> from the friction. <laughs> How fast would you think you'd be going down the hill here? Too, much too fast. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was much too fast. <laughs> and I'd sick and pull down again and then insert the end of the gist wheel and pull back on it and the smoke would boil. And in the meantime, Rudy is wanting to go. So he'd bump me in the in the rear, and uh, everything I'd gained, getting the speed reduced, he'd, he'd be taken away from me because he dipped me and shoved me faster. Wasn't he afraid? He, no, he, he no, he was crazy. <laughs> and this dad was getting very, very upset. He was a hollering, "Stop you, stop you!" <laughs> and he was a beating me over the head with his rifle, rifle. <laughs> And I was trying to stop it, and all I was doing was burning up my bamboo pool. And <laughs> and we got up so much speed, and the, the railroads was so crooked, you know. Man, we go into them, tur- them curves, and the wheels would just scream, you know. They'd rub against them rails, and they'd just scream, and and alongside the railroad track, on both sides, <laughs> it was bamboo that had been cut off with machetes. So just like a row of spears down there. Oh, my gosh. And I, I kept passing to my mind that this sucker's going to leave the rails. <laughs> and we're going to wind up impaled on them <laughs> on the bamboo spikes. <laughs> and then I think the Jeff thought so, too. He screamed, Stop you, stop you. <laughs> I'd have given a year's pay, pay to a stopper to even slow it down. <laughs> but it couldn't. <laughs> Is Rudy still behind you pushing? He's still pushing. Bumping. He's still pushing. Great long flowing whiskers, see. About down, down, middle of his chest. And he's crazy. He lost his mind a long time ago. He said, let her roll. <laughs> let her go, huh? And the Jap couldn't reach him, but the Jap reached me and found me on the head. And we come around a screaming curve there, and we're approaching a, a cut through a hill, steep cut, and the size of the cut was almost perpendicular. Well, they, we didn't. Uh, we just cut as low as we could to keep them back in that dirt, because they had to back it up there on our backs. But uh, we come around and this curve and into this cut, and there was a whole bunch of Jap troops marching <laughs> right down the center of the railroad. Well, they looked at us. <laughs> they looked at us, and <laughs> they immediately knew they had to get out. <laughs> they started climbing those, them almost perpendicular sides of that cut. Boy, they burn out more tennis shoes right there trying to climb that cut. 
they was really struggling to get up out of there. So it was, we'd bear down on them. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have a time nest around the end of the gut to get them out of our way. <laughs> but luckily, we didn't have any of them. Oh. And we went through them. They just like covered like <laughs> coils. We went on down there and we hit that old river bridge, and that bridge, I bet, still trembles. We got down to the yard where we were supposed to stop, and putting them, we was doing about 75 or 80 mile an hour when we went through there. Were you hoping that you'd, you'd start up the other side? Yes, and slow yes. Down? That I was, was your own I was prayer, in, right? I was in hopes that we'd run out of mountain. <laughs> start up the other side. And then we got, when we went through this place, where it's kind of a station, what it was, there was a jab officer standing there, and this yep, he presented arms. But that <laughs> officer standing there, I didn't want to think I was... That didn't have military courtesy, so I presented his arm with a flaming pole. <laughs> I had her burnt down till she known about four feet long. <laughs> <laughs> told me, stop you, stop you. So what happened finally? So we finally got to stop. We went through there about a mile or so. Before we could get him stopped, and we, this yep, he unloaded all of them cars and lined us up. Then he's going to proceed to bash us. He's going to give us a bash us. But he's the doggone weak. He's the weak and good. He could already hit us. One <laughs> 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 thing he could do was make strangling noise. <laughs> Then we had to push them stupid things here back up there by hand. <laughs> That's a bad deal. <laughs> this story has to do with old bulls. At least his name. We was moving on the railroad up through French and New China. And it come time for the strafers to go down the railroad. This happened at a regular time every day? Yeah. From 11 o'clock in the morning till about 1 or so in the afternoon, we wanted to shut down the trains and get hit. So the planes would fly the railroad and then shoot up everything that was moving. <laughs> and so we got out in the bridge and we was camouflaged up and we was waiting for the planes to come by. And all of a sudden, it was quiet. And there's, there's the awfulest wail you ever heard come out of the brush. <laughs> and we raced over there where it was, and uh, it was old Bose. And he was as white as a sheet, and he was shaking all over. And what's the matter with you, Bose? <laughs> he says, a snake bit me. <laughs> he had four little drops of blood come out on his forehead. <laughs> and... Uh, so we went to looking around and we found the snake and we killed it. And uh, we tried to calm old Bose down and said, Now just keep cool, Bose. <laughs> you got to get too excited about this. And Bose said, Cool, cool hell, maybe golden now. <laughs> <laughs> Had four drops of blood coming out of the forehead. So 
We looked at the thing and we couldn't recognize it. Didn't know, but it did have fangs. And usually, a snake's fangs is poison. Yeah. So I didn't, we couldn't put a tourniquet on his neck or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> so <laughs> we just wait and see what what the bulls died or not. But he didn't <laughs> didn't even make him sick. It scared him. <laughs> scared him sick though. He scared him to death. But uh, we shouldn't have killed that snake. We should have waited and seen if a snake died from biting bows. <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was scared anyhow. <laughs> And the same guy, the same guy, he is uh, always talking, always running off at the face. And one night we was moving on the railroad, and we come to a river, and a bridge had been bombed out, and been rebuilt, and bombed out, and rebuilt, and bombed out, and rebuilt, and bombed out, till it looked quite a bit like a beaver dam. <laughs> and they was afraid to, to pull the engine out on it, you know. Into it's awful heavy. It's afraid that she'd go, go in the river. <laughs> so we had to uncouple the cars and push them across the hand. Then there's another engine on the other side that they hooked up to it and went on. Went on up the railroad. We was pushing these railroad cars across the, the bridge by hand, and the bridge had settled a little bit in the middle. Had a swag in it, had a uh, saddleback in it, you know. Yeah. And uh, old Bose was wasn't pushing a pound when he was pushing on that car. He's talking, talking, telling them some big story, and then you'd bust your gut trying to push that railroad car up out of that swag. And all of a sudden, Bose quit talking. He disappeared. We looked around, and <laughs> he stepped in the hole that where a bomb had gone through, <laughs> and he fell down about thirty feet. In that old bridge, in bridge timbers, and almost out in the river, he's unconscious. He's laying down there on that beaver dam, oh <laughs> unconscious. Got a terrible gash in his head. We went down and drug him out of there, got him back up on the railroad track. But he sure quieted booze down in him for a while. He didn't talk. <laughs> Didn't talk much more. <laughs> Where's Bose from? What country? Uh, well, he's a he's an American. American, yeah. And I don't know what state he's from. How did the uh, Australians do in those situations? Like, what were they like? Australians did very well. Them guys were real tough. They can they can adapt to almost any condition. I believe, and do it with the with as much good humor as anybody. And, and I, I really admired the Australians. I like to be around them. You said they kind of looked the, after each other. Yeah, as a group too. The old diggers. They was good-hearted. They was reckless. We got along a lot better with the Australians than we did the English, either the English or the Dutch. But it's a strange thing. We get then, you know, you get into an argument with the Englishmen, the Australians immediately take their side. Mm-hmm. 
after all English yeah. uh, descent. <clears throat> what was the other story you were uh, mentioning, Marine? Oh, the one about the little monkey? Oh. The one about the little monkey? Oh. I'd buy, yeah, we, we had a pet monkey in the jungle. And he was a he's a nice little monkey, small monkey. And he used to like to play, you know. He'd uh, he'd re- jump up and grab your fingers with them little hands, and we'd swing him, swing him back and forth, you know. And then he'd, he'd reach up with his hind feet and take a hold of finger, and we'd swing him head downhill <laughs> like that. And I had a lot of fun playing with the dumb monkey. And one day. And one night or whatever, it was uh, just almost dark. I was walking along, and I was going over the shack where I had my bed, and I wasn't thinking anything about it. <clears throat> and this damn monkey come up behind me and jumped up and grabbed my hand with them little, <laughs> with them little fingers, and, <laughs> and scared me. I wasn't expecting it. It scared me, and I jerked. And when I did, I... I slung the poor little bugger about 30 foot in the air. <laughs> he looked so insolent. <laughs> Dude, dust me more. <laughs> After all, he's just trying to have a little fun. Yeah, he's just trying to have some fun in there. I throw him away in there. back up a little bit and talk a little bit about when you were uh, growing up. Uh, why don't you t- tell me a little bit about your mom or your, your dad, what they were like and, and and all that sort of thing. Oh. Dad was a farmer. Yeah. Mom, she just a housewife. Mm-hmm. Very ordinary, unlike any other family in the neighborhood. Both hard workers and both hard workers. And, yeah, I guess pretty much the same as any other family in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Raising kids and raising crops and. What are some of your favorite memories, like of your mom, for instance, when you were kind of a kid growing up? Well, I didn't think so, uh, but the, about the way she could she could gar- build a garden. Mm-hmm. Well, she'd make a, a dandy garden and did every year. I'm marvelous stuff growing in the garden. A nice potato batch and. I mean, is and all the kinds of vegetables. Mm-hmm. She was good at uh, crocheting, good with her hands, making a lot of neat stuff out of crochet thread. Mm-hmm. Good cook? Good cook. Bit for life. Most of them were, and then farm women were. Because mm-hmm. that had to be 
and we're all good cooks. What are some of the favorite foods you remember that she used to make? Ham hocks and beans. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. Fried deer, saucy gravy. That was good stuff. Fresh baked bread. Mm-hmm. She make pies. Pies, made beautiful pies. What's your What was your favorite kind? Uh, raspberry. Mm-hmm. You pick them yourself. I, I usually every year I slip out in the woods and pick a half gallon of raspberries, wild raspberries. Mom makes some pies. Mm-hmm. Then she would pick uh, gooseberries. Gooseberries was another good good pie. Mom used to make gooseberry pies. Mm-hmm. Everybody liked gooseberry. But custard pies, minced meat pies, peach pies, apple pies, all kinds of pies. Did you can that stuff in the summertime so you could have it at uh, during the winter time? Yeah, pies and stuff. Didn't uh, no, didn't have a way to keep the pies. Uh, yeah, couldn't have freezer or anything like that. Didn't have it. But you could can the peaches and make yeah. pies out of it yeah. later or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Did you can meat? Yeah. In the in the uh, gold pack pork jars. Gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gold pack meat. That was sort of cooked, wasn't it? By before you yeah. during the process yeah. of canning, you cooked it and then it sealed itself in a tool. We used to pack uh, sausage in uh, five gallon uh, crock jars, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. Fry down the sausage and lay it in layers in that crock and pour lard on it oh, mm-hmm. to seal it. Mm-hmm. And lard seal it. <laughs> that was good. Then you'd just dig them out on everybody them wanted out. some and yep. fry them up, huh? Yeah. Dig them out and just so you had to warm them. It mm-hmm. was already cooked, but they had to warm them up. Think the food tasted better then than it does now? Yeah. I do. I think at least we had a bigger appreciation of it. Mm-hmm. Boy, uh, you know, uh, she had uh, well, something like oatmeal for breakfast. If you pour that old thick separated cream on it, mm-hmm. some uh, sorghum yeah. or some maple syrup, that was pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. Because that cream was rich. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you a little story about my mom. She told her one time she laughed about that. Anyhow, she was uh, getting dinner on the old wood burning cook stove, and uh, something had gone wrong in the family. There had been quite a stir over it. Somebody said something got out of hand you know and mom took all these things very much hard she said I was making gravy for dinner she said I stand there stirring that gravy and my, my mind was not on what I was doing but it was on the family part of the sea mm-hmm. and she said I decided I better put some more wood in the stove and she said the next thing I knew I found myself standing there over that skillet full of gravy, a stirring it with a stick of wood. <laughs> they put a stick of wood in the stove, she stirred the gravy with it. 
<laughs> she said the vents are foolish. <clears throat> What'd your mom look like? How do you remember her? Oh, she was pretty short, fairly short, mm-hmm. stout built. She was very husky. Mm-hmm. You know. Always was. Always was. Always mm-hmm. was. She's strong as an ox, mm-hmm. and. Uh, She wasn't quarrelsome, but yet she wasn't afraid to speak her mind either. Mm-hmm. She didn't think someone's right. Well, she she sounded off, and there was one man, a man come there one day, and he wanted me and my older brother to help him put up a hay. He was a stingy kind of a guy. I never wanted to pay for what you got, what he got. Mm-hmm. And mom, uh, she knew it. And so he asked me and my brother if we'd work for him. He said, he said yeah, we wouldn't. We'd take a death to get the job, you know. Yeah. Now, mother, she piped up. She said, now, wait a minute. She said, uh, she asked this guy, are these boys going to be drawn a boy's wages or a man's wages? Well, he said, uh, uh, well, I suppose, uh, he said, uh, no, she, that wasn't the way it was. He asked her if we would expect a boy's wages or mm-hmm. man's wages. Mm-hmm. She said, are they going to be doing a man's work or boy's work? <laughs> and he was in an awkward position now. Mm-hmm. And he read luckily and they said, uh, well, I guess they're doing a man's work. Mm-hmm. We're putting up hands. as hard as work as you can get. Mm-hmm. So... Mom saved us right then because he debated his Egyptish, uh, you know. Boys' wages would be about half of yeah. what they pay a man. <laughs> That's what he got away with, if it hadn't been for Mom. Mm-hmm. What was her uh, religious belief? Oh, she's a typical, <laughs> typical Baptist, I guess. Mm-hmm. Did she read the Bible? Or oh, yeah. Listen to religious radio broadcasts or that sort of thing? Or? Not too much, it wasn't too much of that kind of stuff. Was there any praying going on in your home, like at meal time? No. Special no. special occasions? Never, never did they pray? We never was uh, we were, never was real close. That is uh, in the way we acted. We, we didn't do much touchy-touchy business, you know. We didn't mm-hmm. do much hugging. Yeah. We was just a little bit stiff. Mm-hmm. Uh, with even my folks I don't, don't ever remember ever kissing my sister. Oh, is that right? We never did. Uh-huh. I and very few times I kissed my mother. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever see them, the, your mother and your father, kiss? Rarely, uh-huh. rarely. Uh-huh. But uh, but yet we were close uh, too. I mean, more than because we didn't think enough of one another, we did. Uh-huh. We just didn't demonstrate. That's all. Uh-huh. But we never was much of a huggy, touchy, kissy yeah. family. Just didn't do that. There no, wasn't. Most of people didn't. Yeah. Wasn't much, uh, like, in terms of the, and around the house, there wasn't much scripture reading or praying or no. that, or mention of my the dad, Lord's dad, My dad uh, read scriptures all the time. He, uh, he was thoroughly familiar with the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But what was his uh, educational background, your dad? 
Same thing. Went to school right up there. Big school. Eight years like I did. Mm-hmm. Same thing. The, did you acquire your love of reading from your father's? Oh, I don't know. I always did like to read. Mm-hmm. All the kids did, did a lot of reading. Was your father kind of a curious uh, inquirer kind of guy like you? He liked to read a lot and yeah, he did. new ideas, kind of exploring new ideas yeah, and he like did. that stuff? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a closed mind by any means. Mm-hmm. Was he a strict father? No. Permissive? Uh, now, when I say he wasn't strict, he had standards he expected us to follow, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, whenever we didn't follow it, well, he didn't go into a tirade about it. He was always very, very calm, cool, and collected. How did you get disciplined as a kid? Mom would flail us about every day. Oh, she would? Yeah. How, how did she do that? Oh, she'd get the old razor strap and ready to tune us up. <laughs> she'd often say, I raised all six, all five of them boys, but not often enough. <laughs> So she was the one that was the disciplinarian yeah. in the family. Uh, Dad didn't have to. If he growled at us, we was crushed, you know. We was, we was hurt. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to scream and yell. People us with the reason for that. Yeah. If he growled at us, well, it was pretty hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but then Mom, she could play us and me when things hadn't done it. Just the natural <laughs> course of events. Yeah. <laughs> Just the days... <laughs> Let's see. Where were you in the family? You were sort of in the middle. Out. That's the third. When Harlow and Hazel was older than I was. Now, you lost your youngest brother. Yeah. How old was he? 19. And that was an automobile accident? Automobile. Was that a real difficult thing in, in your family? Very or, much so. Like for a long, long time? Very so? much so. To this day, I don't know just exactly where he was killed at on the road. Mm-hmm. Never wanted to know. Mm-hmm. You know, they had no curiosity about it at all. It hurt. Mm-hmm. Was he driving by himself? No, he had his girlfriend with him. Was she killed too? No, she was. She was hurt a little, not bad. She. What do you do? Just kind of go off the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, too much speed. Too fast. That old car, a car wore out, gravel road, too much speed. Was that about the biggest tragedy in your family that you can recall when you were growing up? Yeah, I guess so. That was when my little brother died. 19. Mm-hmm. So he hadn't left home yet or anything. Yeah, he'd uh, he'd he'd been in the navy. Spent a year in the navy, I think it was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How big was your dad? What size was he? Uh? He was pretty tall, but he was. Uh, uh, was he six foot tall? Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe a little more, but he was. Uh, he wasn't blocky like the rest of us. He was skinnier. Howard. Mm-hmm. Howard. He's more. You know, mm-hmm. you more better Howard. Yeah. He's he's like my dad. Mm-hmm. Tall and skinny. Mm-hmm. 
looks like the dad too. Yeah. It's there, dark hair. Yeah. How did it work in your family if you had four boys and one girl, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did that? How did that work? Did, did she do all the what would be expected? Uh, five boys and one girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She did the things that would be expected <clears throat> in terms of uh, working around the house and that part. Yeah. More. Yeah. She did more what you'd call the women's roles. Ironing. Mm-hmm. Cooking. But she's, she's a worry wart, you know. She fizz about something all the time. She always worried about them. Mm-hmm. She would start at school and I suppose you get to pursuing the bullfrogs and things like that along the branch, you know. Yeah. Oh, she'd just get hysterical. Now, come on, come on, we're going to be late. That half hour bell's already running. Come on, let's go. We didn't care if it, that the bells were ringing. We didn't care whether we got there. <laughs> we was having fun. What happened if you were late to school? None. No consequences? Oh, yeah, yeah the teacher would be a radius. And then the folks would. When they, we got a home sister dead on the cell the time. <laughs> and mama would take the razor and strap to you. Mama would tune us up. <laughs> <laughs> if you got it about every other day, you must have been kind of an army. Well, yeah, we would. You know, a lot of the stupid things, too. Oh, I'm a stupid. Pretty much so from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> what sorts of things did you do to get yourself in trouble all that time? Well, and like one time we had an old air rifle. It just about wore out and it wouldn't shoot BBs, but it shoot burnt matches. <laughs> and they shot my younger brother in the rear <laughs> with a burnt match. <laughs> stick, <laughs> stick into him? Stick him screaming <laughs> house. <laughs> Well, mom, family for that. You <laughs> should have known the same brother had an old wheel bar wheel. Uh, the wheel and the axle, you know, had two axle on each side of the wheel. Mm-hmm. Come off the wheel bar. And he had that old wheel bar wheel. He was running around with it. One hand on each side axle and pushing it through the mud, mm-hmm. through my nose. He come around the house and run us through the mud hole. I thought, boy, it sure would be funny if I tripped him. <laughs> so it did, and I tripped him. He fell down, and, uh, and if, that old iron wheel bar ground that two front teeth. Broke him off? <laughs> I got tuned up again, <laughs> and rightly so. He's his permanent teeth, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and another time, my younger brother, was, we used to drive up there at the fence at the house and let the car set. Well, there used to be great gobs of mud fall out, dry and fall out of the oh, fenders. Yes. Right. Fall yeah. out of the fenders. My little brother, he went around. And Which one's that? Howard. Howard. Yeah. He went around chicken house behind the high board fence. You couldn't see through the fence. It was a tight board fence. I uh, seen him on the big old clods and then I said, boy, that sure would scare him if I threw that over the fence. That would sure scare him. That's what I thought. Didn't think any farther than that. 
I picked up that big old quad about all I left. Now he was over that board fence. He was standing over there like a young bird looking up and hit him right in the face. <laughs> Black both eyes and didn't give him a nosebleed. I I get to enough for that dude. I never thought about it hitting him. I thought it was just scary him. Oh yes. And and the same little brother one time I come to the house and he was sitting there playing the co- had some shell corn mm-hmm. was shelling corn for seed corn mm-hmm. uh, he's shelling corn he's just a little kid one about five years old and he's sticking that stuff in his mouth and I thought he had blue cheeks full of it I thought be tickled I'd be funny if I tickled him <laughs> I did he sucked one of them grains of corn down his lung oh boy he about died and all them things that were dumb but I did them and I didn't mean hurt anybody but they did <laughs> well just something to do you know I suppose didn't have much else in the way of entertainment doesn't sound like <laughs> boy did, did the, uh, the the piece of corn in his lung there you mean it like it yeah. choked him bad going down yeah yeah Oh, he took him out. He had to take him to Iowa City. Of course, today, they just reach in there and take the thing out to him. Yeah. But then they couldn't. What did they end up doing about they it? Put, this, put some stuff in his lung and they break it up. And uh, he finally recovered around it. But, boy, it's the one he had that died. Hmm. <laughs> did you ever get to the on the receiving end of some of that stuff? Well, nothing I ever remember is very bad, anyhow. Now, my older brother, a bunch of neighbors is up. Which one's that? Arlo. Arlo. He, a bunch of neighbors is up on Sunday. We was all grown kids. We was pretty well grown. We was thinking about things to do. So we decided the old bull was in there. And we decided to do out a little rodeo. We put a rope around his middle, you know, and sit there up. Mm-hmm. And then we was going to ride him. We had a halter on him. had a halter on him and the rope on the halter. And we just got to let him buck around the circles. We practice our cowboying. And my older brother, he had a new pair of overalls on. Pretty new pair of overalls. And it's his turn to ride. He got on there and, and he didn't jump off. You know, when the old bull got the bucket, he stuck on him. And oh, boy. the old bull, instead of bucking around the circle on the end of the rope, he cut across. Well, when he come to the end of the rope, we jerked him. Mm-hmm. Snapped him around, and brother got over bounce. Well, instead of letting go and getting off, he hung on. <laughs> that rope around his middle, and everybody was hanging upside down. And that old bull was just a kicking. He was just a kicking a blue streak on each side of him, you know. Yeah. yeah. Brother wouldn't let go. He's just hanging on upside down there with his feet sticking straight up in the air. <laughs> the old bull hooked his huff in the, in the pocket of his new world toward him. Toward him. <laughs> Finally, he fell off. He couldn't stay with him anymore, and he fell off. But the one hand got hurt, you know, real bad. <laughs> oh, man. That was Arlo, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. 
always doing dumb things. Did your uh, your dad uh, teach you guys how to do the things around the farm, like fixing the farm equipment? Oh yeah, all yeah. those kinds of kinds of things. Yeah, how to castrate the lambs and pigs and mm-hmm. things like that. Someone had no. He teach you how to how to um, do the butchering and the yeah. meat yeah. preparation and all that. Grind the sausages and trim the hams and sugar cure the hams and smoke them, and the bacon and the shoulders and all that. Guys grind the rendering the lard, you know, the big big iron kettle would render the lard. Everybody did. They had to. We used to, one time we cranked it, or we uh, ground sausage using the old Model T. He <laughs> jacked up the hind wheel yeah. to where it's been around, and then we tied the handle on the sausage grinder to the wheel. <laughs> when the wheel went around, and turned the handle on the sausage grinder. We thought that was really clever. <laughs> That's different. Grind the sausage with the model B food. <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was that? I don't know who that's coming for that dumb idea. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> All you had to do is stand there and poke that meat in that sausage grinder. The old model B grinder. <laughs> and on the farm, you'd have the model T to get in and out, and then you had a you had the tractor eventually. Yeah. And what else did you have for transportation? No horses. With, with wagons or with carriages? Well, we had uh, we had an old buggy there at home. We had a buggy. We had a sleigh, horse-drawn sleigh, and of course, uh, and a wagon. Wagon. Mm-hmm. Well, your your story would never be complete without some about button with it, Earl. Well, we had button too. <laughs> well, that's that's my uncle. Who's Button? Oh, your uncle that yeah, lived with you. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. called him Button. Uh-huh. Edwin Fred Donzo was his name. Edwin Fred Donzo Chapman was his name. <laughs> but we, he was extremely gullible. He'd believe anything everybody told him, see. Mm-hmm. And we used to tease him. We, there's an old lady that lived down in Long, down with Salem, on the Salem Road. She was no maid. And uh, we thought it'd be funny. Uh, Button couldn't hardly read. He never went to but to third grade mm-hmm. school. And uh, we'd write a letter and put it in the mailbox from Mamie Cruz to Button. <laughs> I love a letter. <laughs> and Button would get that and read it. And he said, I wonder what she wants to fool down with an old fist like me for. <laughs> <laughs> Did he ever follow up on it? No, he, he couldn't. That's what. Uh, but sometimes he'd get a letter twice a day with a mail on it once, you know. <laughs> he never caught on. <laughs> and he'd get up in front of the mayor and he'd, he'd preen his mustache and look at it and say, I mean, ain't just a bad looking old cuss. And <laughs> 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 then we'd learn him another love letter. 
<laughs> How did he happen to be in your family there? I mean, staying there with you. He was a bachelor. And he, he never had any family. Mm-hmm. All his family was gone. And there was some people that lived with him that run the farm. He had a farm there. Not a very big farm, but this family run the farm and lived with him. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, these people, actually, he wouldn't get nothing out of the farm. This, they're getting everything. So uh, we had Nat that's uh, in California, and she wanted my dad to take him in. Uh, and uh, she said, "You you can have the farm, as far as I'm concerned. There is no other heirs. But if you take him in, give him a home, as long as he lives. As far as I'm concerned, you can have that farm." Mm-hmm. So my dad agreed to it, and uh, he they fixed up a near agreement on that, and he moved in with us. So he he lived in this five room house that you were. Well, they built that extra room on when he moved in. They ah. built that another room for him, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a he was a heck, heck of a nice old man. But like I say, he was gullible. He'd believe anything he told him. And uh, like when you were growing up, he would have been in his sixties already. By oh that time, no, he was seventies. Seventies, because he died when he was eighty-three. You know? mm-hmm. He was with us, with us about eight years, I think. Mm-hmm. Just about eight years. Mm-hmm. Then when he died, the that part of the farm yeah. or whatever did come into the larger yeah. farm. <laughs> what was he like, uh, other than just being gullible? Like he's kind of he was sat around the dinner table with everyone yeah. else. And yeah, he sat around the dinner table, but very polite, good table manners, mm-hmm. good table manners, and. Carry on a conversation? Yeah, you betcha. He loved, he loved golf. Lively kind of a fellow. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's a nice old man. Mm-hmm. But we used to uh, tease him. Us kids should be ashamed of the way we'd tease him. Uh, we'd, hey, we had a, a Victor Ola, a record player. And then that, them, them days, I had, didn't have steel needles. Had bamboo needles oh, yeah. to play the record, mm-hmm. and they get dull. And there's a little machine, a little about six inches long. And you would take the needles and stick them in there and push them on the sharpen them. Mm-hmm. Well, we fixed this up in the package. It was kind of pretty sort of thing. wasn't worth the nickel, but it's kind of pretty pretty thing. It had a green. A green uh, felt bottom on it, you know, mm-hmm. chrome on it, and mm-hmm. chrome on it, and all that sort of stuff. Did look kind of nice, but it wasn't worth a nickel. We sent that to him through the mail <laughs> from Jim, <laughs> from Jim Killer. Jim Killer was a run the store in Glasgow, and uh, we told him that uh, this was a very expensive cigar clutter <laughs> and uh, we said uh, we saw a lot for Jim mm-hmm. so the scoundrels in Glasgow wouldn't steal it yeah. he believed it 100% <laughs> wasn't even from Jim Keller <laughs> but he thought it was 
And uh, we had, and the Lord, we asked him to hide so he could never find him. Mm-hmm. Then when he hid it after he died, <laughs> just out of curiosity, we started trying to find that dumb thing, <laughs> wondering where he hid We never did find him. <laughs> she still hid. <laughs> Diamond studded cigar clipper, you know. <laughs> Don't know what it is. <laughs> Would it be worth anything? If not a, not it? a nickel. It ain't worth a nickel. It's just out of curiosity, you know. What that old man hide this? Where'd he put that thing, you know? Yeah. We looked the house over every little nook and cranny. We looked in the barn and everywhere. <laughs> trying to find out where he did that. Just out of curiosity, we never did find it. Just that gold old man got the last laugh on you. <laughs> <laughs> He's still keeping her safe for Jim Keller. Jim <laughs> Keller dead now, but it has been for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, <his> ancestors. <laughs> but anyhow, he's got a cigar clapper hit somebody. <laughs> I remember one well, time, a, while, a long time ago, you told a story about you were uh, riding the horses, and the horses got away from you and went through the... Well, that's me and Harold. We was riding the two horses, uh, I was riding old uh, Piney, bareback. He had to saddle on a pinnel, pinnel horse. But we was coming down the road there, Bello Guarist. And it, the, the road, and then it's the T road, you know. Mm-hmm. You got down there at the fence, and you had to turn north or south, one or two. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sharp. That's a sharp. Well, we was coming down that road just as hard as they could run. And I couldn't control old Piney very well because I was bareback. Mm-hmm. I, I was taking most of my strength to just stay on, let alone rein her in. I thought, well, the dumb horse has surely got sense enough to go <laughs> one way or the other, see? Yeah. But t- she never she never turned an iota. <laughs> she just made one humongous leap out there and got wound up in the fence and grapevines. And went end over end <laughs> with me on her. One that and killed her. One that and killed me, as far as they go. But I, I got up, and old Piney got up, and she was bloody. She scratched with the barbed wire, you know, and the grape juice mashed all over. And stupid horse. <laughs> we went on home, and that cooled us off quite a bit. We went home. Did the other horse stop? Yeah, the other, to, yeah, the other yeah. horse. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't running something like that. I think it was smart, but old Piney didn't have a brain in her jug head. <laughs> I went home and got some soap and water and tried to scrub that grief juice off. It looked terrible, you know. Didn't want him dead, you no, know, but but that's grief food, you don't scrub off her. You know. <laughs> <laughs> She's permanently the same. I come in there, she got the blood off her, and they got to the grief food. Yeah. And sure enough, I turn her loose down the basher, but by golly, first thing pops in there. What's the matter with old Piney? What she got all that grief food blood on her? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hated that. You didn't get a skinning out of that? No. No. Uh, he, he was. Very much uh, disapproved of what I'd done, but not enough to, to flail me. You did tell him, huh? Yeah, yeah. I told him. That I almost had to. I was like, he's smart. <laughs> you wouldn't go out with him. You wouldn't go fool him. 
So better just be honest and tell him. <laughs> when did they uh, start bringing the like the improvements to your the old homestead down there? Like when when did the electricity and water and and um, uh, telephone all? Oh, the, we always had telephone, but it was always a battery-powered telephone, you know. What was your ring? Do you remember? Ah, uh, no, don't. Long, short, and long, or long and t-shirts or something. Party line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you'd hear that? You'd hear it jingle. Oh, yeah. Someone else was talking. To yeah. What's the name? It was our so one source of entertainment. <laughs> Whenever a jingle, well, you go to and listen, you know, uh-huh. listen to you know, neighbors. Did you ever pick up on any juicy conversations? Oh, or? yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though everybody knew everybody else was listening in, yeah. <laughs> could you talk too? Could yeah, you get a three you or four or five, could, six party. Could, but everybody on the line get on. So want to do. How many families would be on the line? Oh, yeah, it's, uh, I suppose eight or ten, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably. Oh, at least that many. At least that many. A lot easier Maybe than one. having a community newsletter, I suppose, that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the trouble of it is, it was so bad shape, you know. The old line with the wire was rusted and a thousand years old, and hanging in the trees and on the ground in places. <laughs> and it didn't work very good. You could go out on the back porch and scream at your neighbors, and they could hear you just by the good. The, the telephone. <laughs> But we used it and we enjoyed it. The battery could almost down. You didn't want to buy any battery, so you just yell a little louder. <laughs> well, would you have to buy a battery every year or something to keep it going? Or? I don't remember how long the battery did last. Two of them little round batteries, you know, but the bigger on them. Yeah. And what telephone batteries is all I know. <clears throat> What did they get electricity in, or do, was that already there before you no, remember? No, didn't have electricity, no place. Uh, we got the electricity in there in 48, I think. That was when the rural electric yeah. came through yeah. and strung some wires? Yeah. And before that time, how did you uh, light the place? And, the kerosene lamps. Kerosene lamps. That, that include going out and do the chores by kerosene lamps? Kerosene lantern. And the lantern, you know, the old one of the bail on, you'd fill her up with cool oil and lighter and go to the barn, hang her up on the nail mm-hmm. while you did the milking. Yeah. The water was. The old uh, thunder mug in the bed. He didn't have no running water, he didn't have no toilet facilities outside of the privy out in the corner of the garden. He had an old thunder mug under the court of the bed. <laughs> How did I get that name anyway? Yeah. What are some of the kind of stories that you can recall your grandma talking about? Or your mom, I mean. Well, one of them that stands out particularly was the place where she lived in the, in the bend in the creek down there was uh, several families, all of them poor, extremely poor. And some of them were not quite, <laughs> quite too bright. 
she tells the story, or Uncle Will told the story, I guess it was, about uh, the old man named Charlie Dunham who lived in the band in a lean-to shack down there, a very crude shack with a drawstring and a latch on the door. And he got up one morning and was doing the chores around the folks' place. And he looked down, and he don't see Charlie down there. Every once in a while, he looks down there again, and he he never sees Charlie Dunham fooling around. Old Charlie was a queer old bird, and <laughs> as a matter of fact, he was kind of nuts. <clears throat> and he used to preach at night to the hoot owls and the different dwellers of the forest and he'd just make the the creek bottom ring with its preaching but Uncle Will was concerned about uh, Charlie that morning he got done shore and he thought well I better go down and see what the matter with old Charlie he might be sick so he went down to Charlie's shack and he as he approached the shack he could hear some very strange sound coming out of the shack kind of a metallic sound and he went up and he knocked on the door and the latch wasn't latched when he knocked on the door the door swung in and he could see inside the shack and there lay old Charlie Dunham with his long black whiskers and black hair in the bunk with his clothes on and with his boots on and he was sleeping with the milk bucket <laughs> over his head and the strange sound was Charlie snoring in the milk bucket Charlie did this to uh, to keep the neighbors from slipping up and knocking him in the head at night when he was asleep so he's sleeping his head in the milk bucket <laughs> oh man Oh, what a guy, eh? <laughs> and Mom tells that uh, her brother John, he was kind of horny, pulling tricks and all that sort of stuff. And he and my mother was teeter-tottering with the board. And uh, John, he got my mother up in the air, all the way up in there, and then he simply jumped off of the teeter-totter and let her fall with a crash and when she fell she fell over backwards and she put her hand up to catch herself and she ran her hand into a enormous pile of black chicken manure <laughs> and John was laughing he was he thought that was the funniest thing that ever happened so she hauled off and slapped him right in the mouth of that handful of chicken manure <laughs> And immediately they took off and run for Grandma's protection. John went to the horse trough. He couldn't quit grinning until he got it washed out of his teeth. He ran the horse trough and washed out of his mouth. In the meantime, Mom was in the protection of Grandma. <laughs> you remember any other stories that she used to like to tell about the family or about herself <laughs> she, she used to tell them the story about them Froney Wilford who? Froney Wilford Froney Wilford she was kind of baked too 
and they lived down there in the bend and they'd play tricks on her he's always tri- playing tricks on Frony and they got her in a straw pile one time and they got her dug way in there and then they holler they'd get all around the straw pile and they holler this way Frony this way and then she'd get, start digging that direction and then they'd say this way Frony this way she dug back and forth in the straw pile several times before she finally got out in the meantime she's awful dirty and about that smothered <laughs> Frony was her name? Frony <laughs> uh, that was short for Safroni oh. <laughs> any stories you can remember that as you were gathered together for Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas or whatever that uh, would tend to come up like the perennial oh there used to be some marvelous stories they used to tell they used to be a next door neighbor lived up close to home name of McGuire and they would occasionally have dances in the house had the McGuire's and the neighbors to come in and they'd move the kitchen table back and the chairs and they'd have a dance in the kitchen they had an old man who played the the violin uh, I can't uh, Ralph Hand doesn't know what his name was but I'll remember pretty soon but he played the violin he lived in Glasgow and drove down there in a horse and buggy for the dance well as always happens they were some of the boys that had a little homemade whiskey to drink and uh, he had a pint of this whiskey under the seat of his buggy and he'd slip out and take a little nip every once in a while and then leave his whiskey in the buggy and Almy McGuire she found out about it that he had the whiskey up in his buggy so she went out there and in them days they had red kerosene (laughs) and she poured the whiskey out and put red kerosene in this bottle and put it back under the buggy seat. Well, the dance went on and finally ended. He was getting ready to go home and uh, uh, Billy McGuire was wanting to ride up to the four corners on his way home to Glasgow and uh, Bill said, have a little nip before we go. And he hauled that bottle off under the, the <laughs> buggy seat and took the cap off of him and glug, 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 glug before several drinks out of it before he put it down. Billy did? Yeah, the old fiddler. Oh, uh-huh. The guy fiddler. <laughs> well, I can't, still can't remember what his name was. Bill Scepter was his name. Bill Scepter. And. <laughs> Of course, he knew something was wrong. And he smelled the, the bottle, and he said, well, this is not the muskies. He said, this one's a pure cool oil. He said, Billy, you want to drink? Bill said, no, I don't want to drink the cool oil. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> they started home in the buggy, and Bill, he'd, every once in a while, he'd belch. 
a big belch and that's cola or fumes it just <laughs> Bill says I like to light my pipe and I'm afraid to but it'll blow up <laughs> <laughs> and he worried about it and he said do you think it'll hurt me Billy and Billy said I don't know whether that hurts you drinking Kirill that cool oil or not <laughs> he said uh, why don't you go in Glasgow and get there once you ask old Doc Bishop if that'll hurt you maybe he can give me some. so Bill Scepter said okay I'll call on Doc when I get to town he got to Glasgow and Doc had gone to bed of course a long time ago so Bill was pounding on the front door and <laughs> One of the upstairs windows opened and the doc stuck his head in and said, What do you want? Bill said, Well, I says, I had an accident. He said, But I <laughs> drank a bunch of cool oil. He says, You think it'll hurt me? And doc said, I don't know, but I'll tell you in the morning. <laughs> he shut the window and went back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> This is the uh, Billy and Violet choir yeah. that lived yeah. in that little house down there with no yeah. no water, no electricity. No yeah, I'll get Billy to tell you that story. It was funny. <laughs> Old Bill's up there drinking cool oil. Cool oil. <laughs> this was kerosene. So McGuire's just must have got a little eccentric in their la- in their later years then. Huh? Yeah, more than if they well, had this, dances at their house. Well, uh, that was then was just another son of. Oh. Uh, Bill's. Yeah. It was uh, Clyde McGuire's where they had having the dances. Because yeah. I remember when Billy and Violet wouldn't even no. leave the house because uh, they were afraid to go around where there'd be no. germs in the crowd and all that stuff. No. <laughs> Your papa have any uh, stories that he used to like to. Oh, they always tell used to, he used to tell the stories and get a laugh and say. I hardly didn't hardly tell the story. <laughs> He'd get more it just much in enjoyment out of telling him again and again and again as he did the first time. <clears throat> Do you remember any of them in, in particular? Well, I remember one story he, he used to tell about an old boy lived down in the creek. Big cedar. He was terribly poor. And he had a house full of kids. And he, he used to hunt. About the only way he had to make a, make a living was to hunt. And uh, one of the neighbors was down there and come by his house one day and stopped in just to say hello. And in them days, of course, it was getting about uh, dinner time and it was uh, a terrible thing not to... Uh, invite your neighbors in to eat if they come so he <clears throat> asked him his neighbor if he'd come in and eat dinner with him didn't think he'd do it but he did he <laughs> took him up on it he got in there they was sitting down and they was having their noon meal and this uh, passed around the meat and the neighbor thought it was uh, kind of strange looking stuff but he tried it and uh, took a little off his plate and he tried it and finally out of curiosity he asked the old guy <laughs> what kind of meat is that? well the old boy had shot an owl 
And he had dressed it and cooked it. <laughs> but he didn't want to admit to his neighbor that it was an owl. And so he said, well, this is a broad-faced chicken. <laughs> so... A broad-faced chicken? <laughs> so that's the kind of meat they are eating. <laughs> All the odd things used to be around here. Do you remember either your folks talking much about their their uh, stories about their parents and grandparents and things that no. happened to them yeah. or any of that stuff? Um, well, Mom used to tell the stories about it down there and, and Ben and the creek. She used to tell the stories that happened down there. Mm-hmm. And was, Were those your family, though? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a very family, no, but it was uh, the people that lived in the creek, ever yeah. lived in the van. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> Sounds like a real colorful outfit. Yes, it was. And <clears throat> Did they ever reveal to you whether you had any pirates in your uh, family closet or uh, no. scoundrels? Or <laughs> so far as I know, we never did. Uh, the one, uh, of course, uh, my great grandfather was the uh, one that's. That uh, as far back as we remember, mm-hmm. he had a brother that uh, went out west of the uh, gold field in Colorado, the 49ers. He went there with the 49ers, mm-hmm. and he was killed in the mine explosion. Outside of that, we didn't never hear of any other members of the family mm-hmm. on the father's side. Mm-hmm. You don't have much in the way of records either. No, no records yeah. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, it's uh, gets very confused too because we don't have records. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a great grandfather, our great grandmother. She was married to a husband, and then uh, he died, and the next. Uh, guy she married was a, a Hudson too but we never did know whether it was a brother of her husband or whether it was just a coincidence mm-hmm. uh, they the both had children she had children by both husbands mm-hmm. and it's all named Hudson see <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's kind of confusing no records of it there isn't no one in your family either side particularly has a family Bible or any kind of a well I've got I've got uh, the old uncle's Bible Edwin Fred Downs Chapman's Bible uh, yeah. the guy we call Button yeah. I've got his old Bible yeah. and that uh, does it have names and dates and stuff in it some yeah but no uh, explanation you know just names of brothers and sisters and dad and mother and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. but nothing about their history mm-hmm. where they come from yeah. <clears throat> let's see how many Humphrey boys are there to carry on the family line there 
Well, there's only two. Harold's boy, Ricky, Mm -hmm. and Howard's boy, Brian. That's the only two Humphrey boys in that side of the family. They married? Yeah. Have kids? One's in Dallas, and one's in Burlington. Uh, Brian hasn't got any kids. He hadn't adopted. He hadn't adopted. I don't know what Rick's got. Rick's on the police force in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's got kids, but I don't know what they are. Well, I think they're girls. I don't think he has any boys that I know of. He had one girl by the first marriage, and then one, I'm sure, by the next one, but I don't know if he's got more. Any other stories you can think of <laughs> down through the family? They're decent to uh, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't remember any Ralph hand. Okay. And that's it. That's where the tape labeled Earl 8 ends. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more, let us know on twitter.com slash jflaunts. Bye for now.